Bitcoin fixes the money, the Beef Initiative fixes the food and nutrition. Step into some new awareness that incorporates some much needed food intelligence into your life. This is Texas Slim with Texas Slim's vision. Hey guys, Texas Slim here. I got a special guest this morning. We have Dr. Mary Kerr. She's a medical doctor out of Dallas. Um, we've known each other for about three or four months and we've been in discussions. Uh, she's gonna be a, one of our great keynote speakers at the Beef Initiative Conference, April 23rd. How are you doing today, Mary? Doing great. Thanks so much for having me. Yes. Um, so I do it justice. I'm going to allow you to kind of let us know your your title, where you are, your journey into your career, uh, kind of where you are right now with everything and how you're moving forward. Sure. So um, I am a medical doctor board certified in Dallas, Texas, and I did a double residency in both internal medicine and physical medicine and rehabilitation and have been in practice uh, since 2002 in private solo practice. And uh, about 10 years ago, I had some health problems that made me venture out of traditional medicine and look for solutions outside that were more um, nutrition related. And so I did a double or a two-year fellowship in functional medicine through, um, well, and it's also called anti-aging and metabolic medicine. And uh, so at that time, I started to incorporate nutrition and health into my traditional medical practice. So that's uh, what I've been doing for the past 10 years. And um, my biggest focus has been on overall wellness, but a special focus on hormonal balancing uh, for both men, women, and children. And it's interesting that I went down this wellness track 10 years ago, because it's never been more important than today to be healthy and well. And traditionally, we've always treated after you've become sick. But uh, with everything that's going on today, health and wellness is the most important thing. And I would say, you know, really your most valuable asset in life is your health. And that's never been more true than now with everything that's going on with the pandemic. So um, fortunately, I've been treating COVID since the beginning of the pandemic and my patients had started the health and wellness journey prior and I did not lose any patients. I didn't even have a patient go to the emergency room. Uh, wow. We went about this by uh, wellness prior to and then um, enhanced health and wellness since, even more so since the pandemic. So I have countless stories of people who've just turned their lives around and been even more motivated since the pandemic to become more healthy uh, for themselves, their quality of life and their loved ones. So it's, it's a journey that is um, very worthwhile. Uh, there's not enough education on it and um, ironically, I do think that beef plays an important role in, in that. And that's how you and I kind of connected because I am concerned about healthy food for my patients, my family. And that's why I reached out to you uh, because I was concerned about, you know, maintaining the supply chain long-term to promote good health and wellness. Yeah. And, and that, that's kind of interesting how it all came together as far as, you know, your background is totally different from my background, but what we both probably had to do in our own lives and our own professions, and, you know, I call it getting down to the source of the seed and, you know, source of the seed of nutrition, because we're trying to get, you know, source of the seed of our, our true health, you know, the beef initiative in the, in the big, uh, long-term is more of a health initiative. You know, it, it is, it is a, a basically a global health initiative that we're starting here in Texas. And, and by knowing that, you know, my background is, you know, within agriculture and beef and everything and yours is, you know, of course, medical, um, I believe you you heard me on maybe Adam Curry said, I, I think it was the Joe Rogan show. And he, he spoke about the beef initiative. Whenever you reached out to me, that made me 
pretty excited because bringing in the medical community, you know, I've been working with several doctors and you and I have probably conversed more than any other doctor because of your functional medicine background that you're, you're looking at the, you know, you, you, you deal with children, you treat a lot of children, you see a lot of children and you see a lot of uh, basically some hazards, some things to, uh, you know, that we need to be focused on. Um, one thing that you told me about, you know, testosterone levels in young men has really resonated with me. And I've actually really broadcast that out on several podcasts. And I was always referring to you. So everybody that basically has been listening to my podcast will be able to reflect back. And now they can say, oh, okay, that was Dr. Mary Care. So let's go back to that first conversation that we did have. It was over the phone and you kind of introduced, you know, some issues that you see within the diets of our children. Well, there's so much wrong with the diets of our children. Um, one, 25% of our children now have fatty liver disease, which is the same thing that alcoholics get. After years and years of drinking, they develop fatty liver disease and cirrhosis. And some of them have gone on to need liver transplants or develop liver cancer in, in the alcoholics. Well, now we're learning that because of processed food, kids are getting the same exact liver in childhood that alcoholics get in adulthood after years and years of drinking. And the liver is so important for metabolism of hormones and um, detoxification. And of course, we're exposed to more toxins than ever. So the, the ob obesity epidemic in our children is preventable and it's having a major impact on our children's hormonal balance and growth and brain development. And this is where processed food is, you know, really a, a huge problem because it is causing this fatty liver, which is most directly associated with sugar. You know, alcohol is a sugar, mm -hmm. so is high fructose corn syrup, and they act on the liver just like alcohol does in the alcoholic. And when you don't have a liver that's functioning properly, you gain weight, and you have more toxins, and you have more brain fog, and it affects our children's hormones, which are critical as they develop through, especially through puberty and into young adulthood. And what I started noticing about 10 years ago, when I really dove headfirst into hormonal balancing, uh, was that our young men were having remarkably low testosterone levels in their teens, in their early 20s. And I thought, this is not the way it's supposed to be. These men are having testosterone levels that are similar to the young women in many cases. And I think it all goes back to one of the number one reasons is the high amount of sugar in our diet and the high amount of processed food, as well as the extreme number of toxins that we're exposed to. And particularly some of the pesticides and herbicides that are contaminating our food, which are called in medical terms, endocrine disruptors. And endocrine means hormone, natural hormones. And so a lot of these toxins are causing severe hormonal imbalance. Now you couple that with um, what we know is that a thought can change a hormonal level. So if you think, you know, that goes back to some research, some famous research by uh, Dr. Amy Cuddy I believe is her name. Um, and she showed that, um, you know, rough play amongst boys and team sports and a thought of being aggressive and just standing there in an aggressive pose can actually instantly increase testosterone levels. Well, we now have kind of a perfect setup. We have all of these nutritional deficiencies. We have fatty liver. We have unhealthy children. And then we put them at home and isolate them from their peers, and we instill fear, which increases cortisol levels, which causes weight gain. And cortisol building blocks are the same building blocks as testosterone building blocks. So if you use all your building blocks to produce stress hormones, 
you're going to sacrifice your sex hormones, which are so important for development. So it's kind of a, um, a perfect storm today now that our children, and, and I don't wanna leave out the young women as well because their hormones are, are way off as well. And we can, we can touch on that, but particularly what is so obvious is that um, the young men are more what we call estrogen dominant, especially the ones who are overweight and have fatty liver disease, meaning they, their hormones are more, uh, more like a, a female's hormones in many ways because they are producing more estrogen. Fat produces estrogen. Estrogen hangs around longer when you have liver disease. Um, fear uh, makes you produce more cortisol, which causes more weight gain and fat, which produces more estrogen. A lot of the, the, the endocrine disruptors in our, in our food are causing um, estrogen-like effects on our young men. So as the mother of a young man, um, uh, I have a 12-year-old boy and a 10-year-old girl. Um, you know, it's, it's front and center in what I think is very important for mothers to focus on. And that is what we're placing. I mean, we have complete control right now at this stage in our life of what we give our children to eat. And I, uh, if we could just go further and further away from the processed food and closer to natural food sources, such as pure protein, uh, and healthy fats that you can find in, especially in grass-fed beef. Uh, that's critically important as the mind and the body and your sexuality develops. That's a very good breakdown and kind of, you know, shows the issues at hand. You know, whenever you have these discussions with parents, you know, I'm a parent. My, my boy is 17 right now. He's about to graduate high school during COVID. You know, he was locked down and, you know, all that kind of stuff as all teenagers were pretty much. Well, we we basically looked at his diet and we got him. I've got him a full weight set and we went straight into, you know, uh, health we went into nutrition and now he is functional i mean he is he's hitting on all cylinders and it was it was a very good blessing to him that he he got to go through basically puberty during covid that he actually was educated on how he's going to live the rest of his life with nutrition and health whenever we have parents and it, it's daunting it's very daunting to hear what you just said how do you, what kind of reactions do you receive from parents that, you know, they're bringing their children in, they're doing the physicals, they're finding out there might be some issues, the low T, you know, testosterone counts, the fatty liver, the metabolical, you know, uh, destruction that's already going on with these children. How, how are the parents reacting and kind of how do you help them understand a path forward? I think that, you know, what we have to do is from what I'm doing, we're, we're, we're providing solutions. And I know that's what you've kind of dedicated your life to now as far as your practice is really providing solutions getting people out of, I think you referred to it maybe out of a food ditch yeah yeah when you're in a ditch and you've got two when you don't feel good you've got two parents that are focused um, as much as possible on their career or even single parents um, that uh, really are just focusing on the next step you know taking one day at a time a lot of times they they don't realize what their kids are going through because they're so focused on career and paying the bills and getting things done. And um, sometimes the easiest thing to um, forget about is nutrition because it is it is you do have to focus on it. And the most important thing that I could tell parents right now is to stop and think about um you know, how are their kids developing and check hormone levels. And by the way, vitamin D is a hormone level. <laughs> so check testosterone levels in young men, check vitamin D levels, check estrogen levels. Um, but the scariest part is that most doctors don't have advanced training in even knowing if the hormone levels are abnormal. There's this huge range of normal. And um, depending on, you know, they don't, they don't normalize it for age. So normal might be a range of testosterone from, let's say, um, this is total testosterone from in the 300s, they may call that normal up to about a thousand. And depending on what lab you're looking at, 
that huge range could be considered normal. And a, and a regular doctor would just say, well, I don't see any abnormalities, so I'm not gonna send you to a hormone specialist. But in a young developing man, especially around 17 years old, he should be on the very high end of normal for that stage in his life. That's when you should have your highest testosterone levels is around you know, 17, 18, 19, and in your 20s. So for a, a child, having something that's on the low end of normal is extremely abnormal, or for a young man is extremely abnormal, and it, it requires attention from a specialist. So if you think something is hormonally imbalanced with your child or things just don't seem right, I would encourage you to find somebody who specializes in hormonal management, get the testosterone levels checked, get their estrogen levels checked, and especially vitamin D levels as well. Um, and find somebody who is an expert in hormonal management to make sure that, uh, that your child develops properly. Uh, brain development is affected and social development. And um, so those, the, and you have to ask for it. The, the pediatrician won't just automatically check. You specifically have to say, I feel like there's a hormonal imbalance and I need to know, uh, you know, you wanna check progesterone and testosterone and estrogen levels, and in some cases, even pregnenolone and DHEA. And so there's a whole host of hormones that go into normal development that, um, that need to be assessed if you feel like there's a hormonal imbalance in your child. Whenever you say that you have to ask for those things to be checked, is that done? You know, I, I've gone into doctors and say, hey, I want to have my testosterone level checked. Well, we don't do that. That's that's something that is special. Can you can you explain? You know, I've seen it for years, you know, as far as the 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 ignorance around testosterone for men, especially for young men and how important it truly is. It's a very good indicator, you know, as, as far as hormonal growth. Why is it that it is so difficult? to go to the medical field and say, hey, I want my children to be tested for, you know, the hormones. Why is it left out? Is that something that is done by, I don't know, they, I, this is my ignorance. Is it, is it the insurance companies? Is it something that is, like you said, they don't have the advanced training to understand the importance of this? I mean, you're very well rehearsed in this. I mean, you're an expert in it. Where are we missing out is in the medical field for, you know, for the parents to understand the protocol to really kind of attack this and get the get the right information that they need to make decisions with their children? It's a tough question. Mm -hmm. And there are there is a very limited amount of training in this, especially for primary care physicians. And our medical system is so dysfunctional. We uh, are we are not spending enough time with our patients. We're not asking the right questions. And we literally have, uh, you know, in order to have a, um, a practice that is functional and, and uh, can maintain itself, we really have been relegated to about 15 minutes at most per patient. And I'm sure everyone listening has experienced a time when they go into a doctor's office and they feel like the doctor is in and out in two seconds and covers just the basics. And they, by the time the visit's over, the patient thinks, wow, I didn't even get all of my needs addressed. Well, on the doctor's side, they are working as fast and furiously as they possibly can to provide the best healthcare under the circumstances that have been dealt them, which is um, a reimbursement that is very low um, malpractice insurance that is very high, overhead that is very high, and they are trying to make the best out of a no-win. It is a no-win situation. It is completely dysfunctional. So finding somebody who's an expert currently can be very challenging, and it often requires out-of-pocket investments. And um, functional medicine doctors have kind of taken that roll on for the most part, especially those who have focused on hormonal management. Uh, but there are, they are few and far between and you do have to look for them. Um, one resource where you might be able to find a good functional um, medicine physician in your area is by going to the Institute of Functional Medicine and looking on their website. 
but also keep in mind, I'm not on that website because my practice was full. So I don't want more patients. Unfortunately, I'm, I'm full. Right. And, um, and so some of the best doctors you have to get on their wait list and, um, and, and that's just the sad situation that we're in. But what I would like to say is you can empower yourself to become knowledgeable and you can make the right choices from a nutritional standpoint that you're less likely to need some of these services. So uh, some things that you, some actionable items are just making sure that you get enough uh, minerals. Minerals are hugely important for hormonal balancing and hormonal management. And we are so depleted of mis- minerals. Uh, our soil has been depleted over decades of using the same soil over and over again without replenishing the minerals. Did you know that zinc is one of the most important minerals? It's one of the things that we're most deficient in. And it comes from beef and from the soil, but it's actually incredibly important for the probably the two most two to three most important things it's it's good for are one, immune function. And we all know zinc helps you fight viruses. Two, it's amazing for hormone production and it's absolutely necessary for testosterone. In fact, I've had a lot of patients that all I had to do was replace zinc and their testosterone levels came up to normal. It's important for skin health, thyroid health, um, and also incredibly important for sugar metabolism. So if you don't have enough zinc, then you're probably somewhat insulin resistant, which starts the whole cascade of the metabolic disorders and the weight gain and the insulin resistance. And so zinc is critically important, but there are so many other minerals that we used to get in our soil that uh, play an intricate role in our metabolism and our brain health and our hormonal balance. So, you know, when you and I were growing up, everybody, the, the big talk was take your multivitamin. I would argue that today in modern times, it's more important to take a multi-mineral that contains the minerals that we're missing from our soil. So that's one very actionable item, just a mineral supplement, but you wanna make sure that you're getting something um, that it's third-party verified. It's uh, hopefully manufactured in the United States because unfortunately other countries don't have the same good manufacturing processes in place. Uh, You want uh, a manufacturer and a distributor that tests every lot and looks for any kind of heavy metals or toxins that could have somehow incorporated into the supplements. So even that is a big job. Um, But minerals are critical and um, eliminating processed food. So simple steps start the minerals, right. eliminate processed food, decrease high fructose corn syrup. If you want to make it super simple, you can kind of say, if this food was around two or 300 years ago, it's probably something that my ancestors incorporated into, you know, are able to digest and incorporate into a healthy, a healthy life. Um, so, there are things that you can do on your own, and then there are things that will require the help of a specialist. I like that. You know, if it's been around for a couple of thousand years, you know, it got us here, and it, it's got some proof of work behind it. You know, uh, that that you can rely on. Um, saying that, you know, we we're, you brought up soil. You know, the beef initiative. You and I have been talking for a while, and I've been talking to a lot of ranchers. You know, regenerative ranchers. And every one of them, you know, are coming to me and saying what we're going to do and what we are already doing. And then within the beef initiative, our communication is going to be this. We're going to do a vertical integration into our food supply, a vertical integration back into human health. And the American rancher is going to lead the new health initiative across the United States. They are getting beat up on their side of things, just like the the doctors are getting beat up. And what we're going to do whenever I say vertical integration into human health, well, it starts with the beef initiative. And what we do is we go from the soil 
to the grass, to the cow or the animal, of course, the animal protein, to the producer, to the processor, to the supplier, to market access, right into your plate, into your home. Those touch points, you know, in processed foods, that's between 12, 15 touch points before you ever get that food, you know, and that's being kind. A lot of times it's more than 12 to 15. It could be up to 20 touch points before you ever even taste that food. And those touch points are these chemical companies. It is the processing centers. It is the middleman that basically make profit before you ever get that food to your home. A lot of people don't realize the last stop of, uh, you know, the processed food is that supermarket. It's already made its profit and subsidies and all kinds of different ways that the general public does not understand. And so by looking at that graph of vertical integration into human health, it is pretty simplistic. It takes a little work to say, okay, how am I going to change my um, my food sourcing? How am I going to change my own personal market access? How am I going to become my own food supply chain? And you know, what we're doing with the beef initiative is we're making people understand or helping people understand that decentralizing your food sourcing is probably one of the most important things you can do for human health and especially for your children. And whenever we first started our discussions, we said, you know, I said, what would you like to speak at at the conference? And, you know, this is about saving children lives. And you brought up a good point. And you said, well, you know, if, if a parent is doing as bu- they're as busy as you know, you've pointed out, you know, they're suffering from brain fog themselves, you know, they have inflammation of the brain They're you know, their diet is not as be- as good as it could be, because if their children are, are suffering, then they are suffering. And, you know, what we have to do is we have to speak to the mamas out there. We have to speak to the parents out there because they are thinking about, you know, providing and nurturing their children as they're growing up, as you currently are. And I am by saying that, you know, keeping it simple. What is one simple thing that you actually help people get out of that food ditch? What is it that we can get back to the basics, to the source of the seed of maybe starting over, getting a clear head and really getting rid of that brain fog a little bit and starting anew within a new uh, plan to be, be basically your own food supply? Wow. There's a lot to unpack there, but usually when I, uh, start seeing a family, I usually start with the mother because the mother comes to me with health problems and there's a trickle down effect. If the mother is healthy, then it's so much easier to get the rest of the family healthy. And if the mother is um, is sick for whatever reason, it's almost impossible for her to even think clearly enough to organize her life around making these choices and, uh, and fixing the health and nutrition of the children. So always, I I like to start with the mother. And that's ironically, you know, what I have specialized in is um, uh, women's sexual health. And that's what the mother usually comes to me for. And I even did a TED talk or TEDx talk on um, why libido is so important for not just your sex drive, but it's your life drive, your drive to be a better mother your drive to be a better spouse, your drive to make the changes needed to help your family and your community. Um, I love that you brought up um, decentralized nutrition and relationships between the rancher and the consumer and minimal touch points. I love that you brought up decentralized, um, and in the past you brought up decentralized financing of this relationship as well. I think the big term moving forward for this historical um, spot in history or where we are is going to be um, becoming a sovereign individual, which there's a book about that. Um, Decentralizing your medical care. Decentralize, the centralization is what has happened to healthcare, to the monetary system, um, to the processed food system, Uh, just, the, the education system, it's all been so centralized. And I think that's where we've gone wrong on many levels is the community relationships and the sovereign individual um, ma- making uh, choices that are best for them and for their family. So when, so to come back full circle, sure. the mother's health is critical for the family. 
And in order to have decentralized decisions that best suit their family on every level that we just discussed, um, they need to get out of the health ditch, which is the, the ditch that they're in is brain fog, fatigue, lack of libido, weight gain, uh, toxicity, um, poor sleep. And the best way that I've found to help start the ball, the ball rolling for the whole family is to do a bone broth fast for the mother. And then she has mental clarity after about 48 hours. And then she says, oh, there I am. I've, I've been missing my who I really was. And she starts, so she's, she takes some minerals and she drinks some bone broth, which has so many important nutrients for your gut and for your brain. And she drinks a lot of water and she detoxes basically uh, for a couple of days. And then the next step is usually rebalance her hormones, depending on what stage in life she is, give her some energy, help her with her weight loss journey. And then the next person that usually comes in is the husband. And then we start the whole journey over with the husband. And then inevitably it's the teenage son and daughter. And then we start the process there. But that whole phrase of put your own oxygen mask on first before helping the person next to you, it really does start with somebody who's in charge becoming healthy uh, first. And, th and that bone broth cleanse is, is a great way, combined with minerals, is a great way to start. It really is. I mean, I've been fasting ever since I was in my 20s. And I can always tell, you know, okay, it's time for a fast. I've done the bone broth. I've done different types of fast. But I, I believe the bone broth fast, if you, if you can't do a long-term fast, the 48-hour, it is one of the most effective tools that you can, you can uh, approach and utilize to really get you, you know, to a point of clarity, get you to zero again, to where you can have that foundation of starting over as far as your thinking, your energy levels, like you said, your uh your um your basically libido libido yeah thank you libido um all of it it comes full circle and it's such a short period of time it's not a pill it's not a prescription it's something that's always been there you know and i tell everybody and you brought it up before is you know a couple of thousand years worth of uh food that we you know got us here we have to look over our shoulder a little bit we have to honor our ancestors we have to look at what our how our grandparents uh survived you know you have a fascinating story of your family i mean your your family has been you know in the mix of every type of struggle that the united states has gone through in the last you know 100 years and you know you, you touched on that a little bit i want to give respect back to our ancestors and say thank you and you know let's let's leverage their wisdom and how they got us here and it, it is something we can do that we can take a step back i think us as americans especially you know you know sometimes we're overly educated where we analyze things too much and we need to bring that simplicity back into our thinking patterns when it comes to what is food what is nutrition and what is health and what is health care and being more proactive about our health care instead of reactive, because you know it better than anybody, we're more reactive within our health care system than we are proactive. And you know, the, it, it's something that I feel very strongly about. It, you know, there's a lot of different types of decentralized industries that are coming together. You know, let's bring in the rancher, the animal producer, the grass farmer they've been doing this their whole lives this is all they know this is what they were taught you know we're partnering up the beef initiative you know we brought out we're starting you know, we are selling you know beef boxes through the beef initiative now we're giving people market access that it's 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 the beef initiative and the rancher and that's all they need to know nothing else is processed we're because we're taking care of the process and we know the processing we know the cuts of beef we know where that cow has been from the first time it was you know that it was calved Everything, the touch points of that animal protein, we are for sure, it is vetted, it is verified, and it can be trusted. By saying that, you know, this is not a hard push and people get frustrated because they say, oh, this beef is so expensive. It really, it is not. You know, what I do usually for my family, I always buy a quarter of a cow at a time. I keep my whole family, my mother, my father, my children, everything, everybody basically is fed with beef. By doing that quarter of cow at a time, and you look at our healthcare costs, you look at our, our, our grocery bills, 
by me always keeping a quarter of a cow in everybody's freezer, our grocery bills go down 10 to 20% because you change your diet. You change your consumption model in a way to where you're not as hungry because you're not eating those processed foods. You're not eating all that sugar that basically makes you hungry every four hours. The high carbohydrates, the processed carbohydrates, people don't understand that you don't have to be hungry. You should not be hungry every four hours. The denser your protein, the longer than you have as far as energy, as far as energy production, mental clarity. So your whole life changes and it can start with that 48 hour bone broth fast. And it's some of the best advice I think I've ever heard a doctor give. <laughs> right. And remember that th- uh, the beef that you're, that you have, the grass fed beef is a very healthy form of protein, creatinine, which helps with uh, lean muscle uh, preservation and building. Um, you're getting zinc. You're, the B vitamins are so critically important. That, and, and I can't tell you how many, probably at least half of my patients are B12 deficient when I check them, or maybe not deficient by normal medical terms, but completely suboptimal for feeling good, basically. Uh, if, you're, if your B12 is on the low end of normal, you can't think clearly, you have poor balance, you have brain fog, you can't make enough red blood cells. There are just so many things that are determined by B vitamin health. Uh, and then the other B vitamins that are present in beef, uh, niacin is hugely important for heart health, B6 for good neurologic function, mood. Uh, There are so many, zinc, of course, is high, as we've mentioned. Selenium, so important for thyroid function. I cannot tell you how many of my patients have suboptimal thyroid function due to deficiencies in selenium. And all of these nutrients are found in grass-fed beef. Now, you can take them as well, but why not get a super healthy form of protein uh, and um, but but the narrative that scares me lately has been um, the narrative about beef potentially being regulated as far as who how how much you can consume for environmental reasons, and that narrative um, sends a cold chill down my spine because the this nutrient is very important for our children and for their development. And if someone is going to stand in the way between the rancher and the consumer and that relationship and say, no, um, that is unacceptable. And that is what I love about what you're doing is that you're creating a direct line of communication between the rancher and the consumer so that the consumer has the opportunity to give their family and their children the best nutrition that they can possibly give them and hopefully at a reasonable cost. You know, all of these other um, processed food, there's an inherent conflict of interest. They wanna make it as addictive and as good tasting and as cheaply as possible. And so there's an inherent conflict of interest in the processed food industry that they they actually do better by making less expensive, less nutrient dense, more addictive uh, foods that are not as good for your children. And in your relationship that you're creating, in which the rancher and the consumer have this wonderful direct connection, you're preserving the opportunity for us to nourish our families properly. And it is. It, it has so many um, value adds to it, net positive that actually change changes your life. It's it's a new lifestyle that you you really you can lead and you can have faith in. And whenever you take away that food anxiety of as far as you know food supply shortages, uh, nutrient uh, weak food, 
you 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 eliminate all that anxiety out of your life. It, it is, and you establish this very empowering relationship with somebody that you're going to want to know. You're going to want to send Christmas cards to their family. You want to know how their business is. You want to know when it is calving season, when it's weaning season. You want to have that relationship, and it's a human relationship. And I think I bring this up a lot whenever I was in you know the corporate world in the 2000s and when I was younger. You know, I was cited to do a a study on the division of interpersonal communication. And I think, uh, you know, socially, you know, socially, social engineering has been happening for a long time with our devices, basically, you know, we've, we've lost touch with it, being able to look each other in the eye and shake each other's hands. And so I've known this for a long time. And I've seen how our generations of children are getting antisocial, how they actually do interact with everybody. And if you look at that from a social uh, aspect of relationship building, it's the same within food, we have a division of of interpersonal communication with our food and knowing what it is. And whenever I say food, I mean nutrition. You know, what is nutrition? You know, what is the source of the seed of true nutrition? Well, it's already there. It's been there for thousands of years. And the American rancher and animal producer is leading that. And that's that's why I decided to do the beef initiative. And, you know, we talk about I can scare people pretty easy with what's coming down the pipe as far as what they're going to do with uh, the chemical companies replacing meat with these highly processed fake meat substitutes that they've spent billions of dollars getting ready to unleash onto the world. We see the marketing plans already coming out after the turn of the year. It started in January, and I predicted that back in September of last year, that there's going to be a global marketing plan to basically criminalize the cow on a carbon level, say it is a carbon hazard globally, which is a falsehood. It is a complete lie. And to give perspective, India has 300 million cattle. Russia has more cattle than the United States. United States has roughly around 94 million cattle. That is nothing compared to what the the whole population of uh, the cattle industry is. But most of these enforcements will be hitting the Western countries. It's not going to be hitting in Africa. It's not going to be hitting in India. So the cows in India are not a carbon hazard because, of course, that is part of their religion. It's part of their culture. But in the United States, they're going to enforce it to the T. So in the long run, Western societies are actually going to have less access to beef and animal protein than other third world countries. Why is that? Because our food is so centralized and the food has been robbed of its nutrition and of its value. We talk about decentralizing our money supply. We're trying to create a sound money, a sound health, a sound um, future kind of initiative within the beef initiative. You know, you look at what, if the dollar is being debased, inflation is high, the more the the dollar is debased, the more your food is debased. And what a lot of people don't understand, if you do not suffer this year from a food supply shortage, you will be suffering from a nutritional starvation that you are unaware of. And they're able to hide this nutritional starvation within the labeling laws and within the uh, the approval of uh, chemicals by the FDA and the USDA that basically they do not ever have to report. The FDA actually won a lawsuit in October of 2021 to where they're going to be able to this year alone over between 1,000 and 2,000 new chemicals are coming into our food supply. They do not have to tell you what they are. They do not have to say that they are hazardous. And what we will be doing is we'll be the consumption model of all of these chemicals that are coming into our food supply. Our labeling laws are corrupt. Our The FDA is basically, they allow the, the chemical uh, industries to, uh, to do the testing. They report to the FDA. FDA says, oh, okay, that's fine. That's a grass rule. Generally recognized as safe. Yeah, it can go through. So go ahead and incorporate that new fake meat product into your system. And a lot of people really don't realize that with the labeling laws, let's look at a burrito that a lot of people buy in the frozen food section. Used to, maybe it was 50% beef, 50% protein, uh, being protein. So, you know, you have a vegetable protein and, you know, meat protein. Well, now you look at that same burrito moving forward, it's going to have much more beans, a lot of soy, and it might have 5 to 10% of beef actually in that burrito. 
and they don't have to really report it. They don't have to, they can change it. You know, they can market it. It can become a marketing plan that is very deceptive and you will not understand that you're, you're, you're consuming soy protein, uh, not pure dense animal protein. And so to rely on the, the marketing apparatus, the FDA as your, as your compass of understanding and a guide for your nutritional value in the United States is you're, you're cheating yourself and you're cheating your, your future of your, your children's lives. Yeah, that's why I'm so proud to be a Texan <laughs> at this moment in history. So proud, so grateful, because we actually have the ability to have this direct relationship with our ranchers and to be able to um, get out of the system. There are so many states where you have no other option. Uh, and um, that's why I think what you're doing with the Beef Initiative is so critically important. Uh, as, as I think Texas will stand as an example to other states on how to preserve your ability to properly nourish your children. And you know, all of this centralization, we know it's, we know it's broken. But through the community and the grassroots, we can start to fix it. And uh, I'm just so, so proud to be a part of your Speakers Bureau and to be able to, to speak to the group um, in Kerrville in a couple of weeks regarding um, taking positive measures to secure our supply chain so that we can preserve our health and our nutrition. And um, to kind of be a beacon to other states and just a, a place of hope that you can take back control of your life and, and you can um, nourish your family properly and you can have a life without brain fog and fatigue and you can feel great and you can stay healthy and you can survive viruses um, through nutrition and health. And I just think just redirecting our priorities and really thinking about what's truly important to us, quality of life, good nutrition, um, being with loved ones, being a part of a community uh, that's making a difference one step at a time. I'm really excited for, for the upcoming conference and, and um, I hope we can get this message out that there is hope and uh, we can make the changes that we need to preserve health. It's just going to take the right community, the right in food intelligence, as you yeah. say, and taking one step at a time. Yeah, and it is one step at a time. It's taking these this this podcast and taking actionable items away. There is a call to action to everything that we give to everyone. What we're going to do with these conferences, you're going to walk away from these conferences and you're going to know how to make changes and you're going to feel very confident. You're going to meet people. You're going to shake their hands. You're going to talk to them face to face. Uh, you know, within the within the beef initiative, um, you know, that vertical integration, one thing that we were always kind of being held back was was the processing centers. But now within the relationships in the state of Texas, because we are in the state of Texas, we get to control the processing center now and we get to control our own market access. And I'm going to I'm going to preach that to this whole year. Processing centers and market access is so key to our human health in our health initiative and meeting people like you, um, Mary is just, you know, it's, it's a gift from God. Everything that is coming together is very holistic. I'm starting to tell everybody that the beef initiative is uh, grass fed and it's grassroots and that's how we're going to be successful. <laughs> and, um, that's the way it should be. Yes. Yes, exactly. So I know that we are both busy today. I wanted to have this podcast where we could actually kind of communicate and kind of give people, you know, a beef on the hill you know everybody let's uh let everybody know how they can contact you or see more about you mary and then we'll give some closing remarks as, as far as how they can access tickets to the the conference as well sure well one thing uh, you know i'd like to reiterate that i'm not accepting new patients sure. currently but i am going to give you as much information as possible in kerrville so that you can take the action necessary to make positive uh, changes for your health and for your family. Um, if you'd like to read, uh, you know, I have a bone broth recipe on my website. It's marycaremd.com. And my last name is spelled like Claire without the L. So it's C-A-I-R-E 
mdformedicaldoctor.com. There's a great free bone broth uh, recipe there and uh, a lot of great nutritional um, information. And, um, and I think, you know, I'd love to meet people and shake their hand in Kerrville and, um, you know, be of service in any way I can for what I think is a very noble cause. And I think, you know, I just like to thank you for what you're doing and um, so proud to be a part of it. And I'm looking forward to meeting everybody in person and, and connecting in person for the first time in a long time with people. Um, at the Beef Initiative Conference. Yeah, I think it's going to be, you know, it's a, it's the first annual Beef Initiative Conference. They're always, the first one's always the hardest, but you, you look back at them and they're usually the most valuable. You know, it is the foundation to, you know, our message that we're going to be working together in a decentralized way and we're going to start changing lives and we're going to start saving children's lives. So I'm honored to have met you. I really look forward to uh, meeting up in Kerrville. Uh, you know, we've been communicating back and forth. There's a lot of information coming down the pipe right now i'm trying to get as much content as i can out before the conference so i encourage everybody to reach out to us reach out to beefinitiative.com reach out to mary with all the information she gave to you uh mary thank you so much for today uh it's been an honor really to to meet you and to have these conversations and to actually kind of put some uh plan of action moving forward and i'll i'll be seeing you at the conference and uh we look forward to it I'm looking forward to it too. Thanks so much for having me. You bet. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks guys. <laughs> you be safe. Uh, be intentional. Let's share this uh, podcast out there. Let's, let's get this word spread any way we can. Um, if you share this podcast today, if you go into uh, purchase tickets, use the discount code S L I M slim, and you'll get 10% off on that. Uh, let's spread the word. God bless. Take care. Here at the Beef Initiative, we encourage all you ranchers out there to tell us who and where you are so we can let everybody know they're looking for you. This time I'm shouting out KNC Cattle out of Austin, Texas. KNCCattle.com. Cole, he's a fourth generational Texas rancher. He knows what he's doing.